ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. In recent years, the West's relationship with China has soured, costing billions of dollars in lost trade. But that rift has had an unexpected upside for Australia, with surging demand for some of our raw materials like lithium. Today, the ABC's business editor, Ian Verinder, on why Australia's mining luck is set to continue. And let's talk iron ore because for a very long time we've been making a lot of money from it. We've been digging it up and shipping it off to China for ages. Well, Sam, yeah, we have. I think it was back in the 60s or so and probably earlier when uh, Lang Hancock first discovered iron ore, really. Australia's mining boom began back in 1952 when a sudden rainstorm forced Lang Hancock to fly his light aircraft at a very low altitude across the Hammersley Ranges in the northwest of Western Australia. What Mr Hancock saw when he looked down was iron. Since then, iron ore has made millions of dollars for Mr Hancock and hundreds of millions of dollars for Australia. But it was BHP and Rio Tinto that really pioneered the building of the mines. In the 98 years since the miners first burrowed into the rich soil around Broken Hill, BHP has grown into Australia's largest corporation. And uh, they did so and made us into into a whole new country in many ways because we just so happened to be in the right territory, the right region, Mm. uh, to provide the raw materials for the rapid transformation uh, economically in China. The volumes of iron ore that we've exported, Ian, are really staggering. In the 20 years to 2020, it was worth something like $620 billion. It's huge. Yeah, absolutely. And and just the quantities as well. Um, you know, I think last year we sent us something like 740 million tonnes of iron ore to, uh, to mm. China. So, you know, a vast amount of material, raw material just being shipped off. And, you, you know, you can't do that unless you've got a, a, a really well-oiled machine, which we have here, to be able to do that. Mm, Okay. And of course, there's been Australians who've really benefited from this, Andrew Forrest and Gina Reinhart. Australian mining magnate Gina Reinhart is now the world's richest woman. The resources boom helped grow Ms Reinhart's wealth a staggering $18.87 billion. You know, they've made a fair fortune from uh, digging up iron ore. Oh, they have indeed. And, you know, they are making vast amounts of money, even though prices have come off quite substantially at the moment. They've come down to around about 100 US dollars a tonne and all the indications are that prices will continue to fall. Okay, and that's because, Ian, what China's love affair with our iron ore is coming to an end, is it? Well, there's a couple of fundamental uh, issues here. One is supply, the other is demand, the, mm-hmm. the, two, the two normal uh, culprits when it comes to pricing. And, uh, you know, on the, on the supply side, China's been looking to diversify its uh, sources. I mean, you know, we had a really major falling out with China a couple of years ago, and they've, mm. they've always been uncomfortable, I think, with the fact that they rely so much on, on us. Mm. 
Australia's trade stoush with China has escalated sharply with savage new tariffs set to hit our wine industry hard. Australia's seafood sector, the latest victim in a growing trade spat with China. China cut off all uh, trade activity or all our exports there unless they couldn't get them anywhere else. I mean, everything you could possibly conceive of except for iron ore and gas because they were the two things that they really needed. We provide far more iron ore to them than anywhere else. The, our biggest rival is Brazil. But China has been developing a mine in Guinea and West Africa called the Simandu Mine. Mm. It's going to end up producing around about 100 million tonnes a year, maybe maybe a bit more, a lot less than, than we're producing at the moment. But there are other iron ore mines there. And so once you start getting uh, critical mass and they can you know, develop a lot, a lot more uh, capacity out of Africa, they'll probably try and take it out of there because they can probably control uh, Africa and West African countries easier than they can control Australia. And, um, you know, if you just look back at the trade wars that we've had in the last mm. few years, mm -hmm. and the other big factor is demand. Mm -hmm. All of that building, you know, it eventually gets to a point where you've actually built enough. Mm. You had a housing boom there that uh, really started to hurt the economy. Now the 19th National Congress of the Communist Party of China. And about a couple of years ago, uh, Xi Jinping, President Xi, he announced announced at the 19th uh, conference that um, that housing was not for speculation, housing was to be lived in. Mm. And ever since, you've seen a big shakeout in the Chinese property developer uh, market. A lot of the big tycoons have gone under. Many of those big corporations defaulted on their debts. Across China, the building boom that powered the economic miracle is running out of steam. And it's the little guys who are suffering. For the past weeks, and as a result of that, Chinese property prices have come right off. New building has, has stalled. So there's been a big drop in demand for steel for housing. And of course, that means a big drop in demand for iron ore. So that's one of the reasons, another one of the reasons why our iron ore prices are dropping at the moment. Yeah, right. And, and people like Jenna Reinhardt and Twiggy Forrest, they can no longer really make money from digging up this iron ore. Well, uh, depending on how low prices go, I mean, mm. the Australian government has got $60 a tonne penciled in as the price for, for iron ore. And at that price, you would, I think Gina Reinhardt's operation at Roy Hill would be struggling to make much of a profit. Uh, Andrew Forrest uh, costs uh, a bit lower than that. So he will still make reasonable money. And BHP and Rio Tinto, well, they're still doubling their, uh, their money. That's a 100% markup. Mm. But for any public listed company with investors, they're always after growth. Mm. So they're all looking to do something else to try and, you know, make up uh, the, the lost territory, as it were. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at this something else because this very long iron ore boom, you know, it's slowing or it could be coming to an end because China's demand has dramatically reduced. So what are we going to do next? Well, what's coming next, of course, is uh, the green economy. There's been a, a massive push for net zero emissions and that requires batteries and that requires a different set of raw materials. And so in the aftermath of the global financial crisis and a lot of people found themselves out of work, found that their industries had all shifted to China, there was a, a, a real feeling of discontent across the Western world and you've had a backlash against globalisation. 
They can't get jobs because there are no jobs because China has our jobs and Mexico has our jobs. They all have our jobs. But the real then you've since had the, the diplomatic fallouts between China and Washington, China and Australia. Mm. You've seen the sabre rattling over Taiwan. You've had Russia then uh, invade Ukraine. So there's been a real switch back to a Cold War era, as it were, mm. where you've got the East and the West up against one another. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ian, so just so I've got this straight, there's two things happening at once. There's a backlash against trade with China. We don't want to be reliant on China anymore. And we also want to electrify. We want to drive around in electric cars. So what does that mean for Australia's mining sector? Just as a bit of an indication, the the minerals that are required are lithium, cobalt, uh, and then it's some some of the old style minerals like well not old style but uh, the more traditional industrial minerals like nickel and copper mm-hmm. but the new ones particularly rare earths lithium cobalt now China controls sixty percent of the world's lithium mining seventy seven percent of battery cell capacity they produce and sixty percent of battery components so they've really got mm-hmm. a you know a stranglehold on that market globally now. America does not want to rely on China anymore for this kind of stuff. And that's when Australia comes in. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, talk about the lucky country. Just imagine where the biggest supplies of lithium may lie. Australia. Sounds like we should have all been buying up shares, Ian. Possibly, yeah. Um, Yep, too late for that though, I guess. Uh, Because there has been a boom that's taken place in the last year and the price of lithium just soared last year. It's still five times higher than it was two years ago. And we also have huge supplies of cobalt. We don't really produce much of it at the moment, but uh, we have very rich supplies there. Uh, we've uh, just been declared as a domestic supplier for for, the, for America, which puts us in the box seat. Anthony Albanese is returning home tonight, armed with a deal which would open up significant US investment in Australian clean energy and critical minerals industries. President Biden, he's ordered for this Inflation Reduction Act, which is you know, a $500 billion grant, I guess, a fund that um, will be injected into uh, into helping provide for this. This is a huge step from our perspective, a huge step forward in our fight against the climate crisis. And I want to thank you for your strong leadership and your partnership in this challenge. So, you know, extraordinary kind of money being generated here. And uh, we've just suddenly found ourselves in the box seat to provide a lot of this stuff. Okay. So, Ian, America could be Australia's new China. Quite possibly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and you know, and the big companies like BHP and Rio Tinto aren't uh, just stepping back and saying, oh, well, look, we're just going to continue to rely on the iron ore trade. Mm. I mean, they're getting involved as well. I mean, Rio Tinto has bought a a big lithium operation in Canada, uh, a big mine there, and BHP has expanded its uh, nickel and copper operations as well. Plus, it's talking about producing uh, minerals using green energy. Both of those big uh, mining companies have divested themselves of all of their fossil fuels, or if not all, most of it. So they've been actively involved in getting out of the old fossil fuel industry and looking for ways to capitalise on this new push towards minerals that are going to be required for the electrification of the world. 
Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like we're at a major turning point in the mining sector. Do you think, though, that our next boom, perhaps a green boom, can be as big as the iron ore boom that we've seen over the past couple of decades? Oh, Sam, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I mean, nobody foresaw what was going to happen with iron ore, really. If we hadn't fallen out of love with China, maybe we would be not seeing this new boom. I mean, it, it is, in fact, the souring of relations between China and the West that's created this new boom for Australia. And, you know, there it is. Ian Verinder is the ABC's business editor. The Australian lithium miner Pilbara Minerals recorded a $1.24 billion profit in the six months to December, up almost a thousand percent. This episode was produced by Veronica Appap, Flint Duxfield, and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. Thanks for listening.